0: Oh,
1: yeah, record and veins, power, (laughs) power, yeah, yeah, give it to me, give it to me. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did the bowser With the best thing you've been since suspenders on trousers To all the haters, say howdy, make up believer from doubt put in the stick in the shower, up from base power, hour Yeah, hello Oh, hello, hello Hello, hello Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling sound. It is episode 337 of Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Big underscore Bane, what's going on, man? Dude, not a whole lot. We are wearing headphones, but I don't think it matters.
1: I don't hear a damn thing.
0: I don't hear a damn thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, maybe it's in the wrong plug. Let's try this. That's not it. Well, that's the only one. So, I guess weird. That's what we're gonna have to do. I guess. I guess the headphones. I'm gonna take them off then. If yeah. Just, well, if if it's not gonna, gonna work. It's. <laughs> they're not gonna work. Then
1: why the hell are we wearing them?
0: Oh shit! It may be the. Um, the splitter. I don't hey, it know. could be. I don't know. But I'll tell you what I do know. Uh, Nate from ring Skirts is our special guest today, man. Well, hell yeah. Um, so, uh, fun fun fact on this, which you'll see when we upload the show. Um, Nate, of course, everybody knows his figure photography. Like, it's top notch. Absolutely. Yep. Some of the best. One of the first guys I ever saw that did that. But Nate loves himself some Halloween. Nice. So, I went through kind of like, I was looking for the pictures to upload with the show. And I was like, Okay, I got to pick that one. I got to pick that one. But yeah. Then he was like, oh, "I got these two as well. Use whichever ones you want." So I got like four amazing like, Halloween costume pictures. Awesome. I don't even know which ones to go with. Yeah. So I'm gonna show them to you real quick to see what you think because they are all pretty damn good. We need two of them here, but okay. luckily he's such a good Halloween guy, and I know you're a Halloween guy, so you'll Absolutely. appreciate this. Absolutely, Yeah. So you'll be able to. Um... While you're getting those up, I'm gonna crack my bang. Okay, so here's the first one I picked. Don't say who it is, but tell me what you think. That's awesome. Yes, this is the one I was like, I have to use this no matter what. That
1: that's amazing,
0: right? Yes. So, would you say definitely use those two, based on the fact that you haven't seen the other two yet?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Okay, here's another one. Oh, dude, I don't know. I feel like you <laughs> got to use that one. Yeah, that's great. Now this might be the this might be the the best of them all. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How do you pick two? How
1: does? How does he look like every one of those guys? Right. When he's dressed like everyone, that's amazing
0: cosplay. He is quite the Halloween guy. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm I'm still kind of like, well, I don't know. Yeah. It's great stuff. Kinda, but, I'm kind of leaning towards number three, and number four. After you showed them to me, <laughs> right? When you see number one and two, you're like, oh, amazing. Then you see three and four, you're like, oh, god. Yeah. Are also good. <laughs> I do know this. When he's back on again, hopefully, like next year, sometime. Yeah. I have to use the other two. Absolutely. Well, by then he'll have like a whole another set. Mm-hmm. Without it out because we're about to hit. what is it almost August now? Yeah. Mid July, so we're pro- approaching Halloween season. Yeah. I think. I think trick or treating is going to go during all this. Social distancing <laughs>
1: trick or treating. That's going to be going to be wild. I mean, good thing you're already wearing masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's wild. It might be one of those things where like the masks that I buy might come into play. You know, I, I saw that Papa Shango one. That was a very I, was Charlie that a pro wrestling Sh- tease. Yeah, order? Charlie Shaw hit me up about that, and I was actually really nervous about getting it because there's that that whole uh, thing about like culture of <laughs> culture appropriation. It's like I don't want to I don't want to wear this if people are gonna think it's weird. Like. I just like Papa Shango. Of course. (laughs) So I was, Charlie was like, nah. And you know Charlie, big advocate of everything. Right. You know, so I was, I ran it by him. He's like, nah, F it, wear it. And I was like, well, hell yeah. Well, hell yeah. Is it like a comfortable fitting mask? It is, yeah. And it actually has, it came with um, the adjustable uh, little pieces that you put on, on the straps to. Which is nice. Make it to where it actually fits you and it's not loose or too tight, you know, it's. It's great, and it came with two filters that I believe are washable. So oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a pretty it's probably one of the best produced uh, masks I've got that actually
0: have designs on them. So initially, I was like one hundred percent I'm not getting designs on a mask. Yeah. but, well, now, but now that everyone has to wear them, I'm kind of like eh, maybe I should get the Macho Man one.
1: Well, and that was my thought at the beginning too. Like we shouldn't try to make this a fashion trend.
0: It shouldn't be fun,
1: right? Because yeah. this sucks. But at the same time, like okay. I have to wear t-shirts, so why? Like, I'm putting graphics on my t-shirt. I have to right. wear masks now.
0: Yeah, I might as well put graphics on my mask. Well, they had a Macho Man one that's like his face. That's a little odd to me. Yeah, they also have one that looks like his bandana. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. That one's pretty sweet too. So I was like, hmm, maybe. And I like the washable filters. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's a very good idea. I think. And uh, disposable masks, as you know, are not the cheapest thing in the world. They are not. So I'm like, okay, I'm I'm down for that. Yeah. So I think that's that's pretty cool stuff indeed. Absolutely. Um, like I said, Nate from Ring Skirts will be our guest this week. And uh, what do you say we dive into a little bit of some wrestling talk? Let's do it. Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break. Cracking them buying energies. Well, listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone cold out. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. All right, Big Underscore Band, you had to mention this. The horror show had extreme rules. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay, I mean, here's my thing on this. I love random pay-per-views. Yes. In Your House Buried Alive, hell yeah. Yeah. In Your House Bad Blood, hell yeah. Yeah. Extreme rules, I'm like, eh. Yeah. Horror show at extreme rules, I'm also like, eh. Now, if they call this WWE Horror Show, all in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, again, you were mentioning before we recorded why they didn't do this at Halloween. Right. is very odd. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's the fact that
1: it's a July pay-per-view when, like, everybody's super patriotic and you're doing a horror show. Uh, it's, it's a little confusing, but at the same time, I get, you know, this is when you do extreme rules, whatever. Yeah. But, like, I feel like the horror show could have been the horror show at Hell in a Cell yeah as well, you know it's we, it's a weird placement for a horror show and then uh I don't know it's 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 a bizarre choice, but we'll see how it goes i mean, I, I think they're just trying to think of ideas for the cinematic things that they can do and you know things of that nature, but it's bizarre
0: it is um is your fandom for wrestling changed at all because I'm kind of like eh, not a lot of this, you know. Nah, I mean this will be something I watch because it's
1: intriguing to me, which is what they're trying to do. Right, they're trying to intrigue us. It's uh, now nah, I I fully aware that that eye for an eye match is going to be terrible. Oh yeah, as much as I love Rey Mysterio and as much as Seth Rollins is okay, uh I mean it's I, uh, that match is going to be bad, and um but I just don't I don't know. I mean I'm intrigued at the concept because
0: I want to know what else is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it was kind of like uh, Money in the Bank inside the. WWE headquarters. That's fun, but then right. it, like the actual execution was kind of
1: well, was as good luster. as it should have been.
0: Yeah, yeah it was lackluster for yeah. sure. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. I dig the fact that they're trying stuff. I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, as long as they just keep throwing shit against the wall, you know, for sure. Uh, Keith Lee, double champion. Yeah, old old, old two champ. Apparently, this actually got spoiled on Instagram. Did you hear about that? I didn't. Yeah, some I can't remember who it was, but some guy at NXT posted a picture with Lee with both titles on his story. Ah, I bet he's fired. Well, he deleted it, but, yeah, okay. you know, <clears throat> it is what it is. Right. So, it kind <clears> of <throat> got spoiled, but people also thought, well, maybe it was their way of, like, luring the people. Trying and- which to swerve? Which wasn't the case at all because no. Keith Lee is the double champion. Yeah, uh, it happened at the Great American Bash on NXT. I don't know if that was the exact terminology of what they called it, but I dig the fact that they brought back the Great American Bash.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was NXT Great. It was the night second night of the Great American Bash. Which did it do it over two weeks? Yeah, they did it exactly to, like Fighter Fest to run against Fighter Fest. Yeah, yeah. and uh, which you know is what it is. I mean, I don't really know what went on in Fighter Fest except for. I know, um, I know the Young
0: Bucks and FTR teamed up. Against, yeah, it was like uh, an eight-man Lu- tag. Against the Lucha Bros and uh, what was it? The, the Butcher and the Blade. Butcher and the Blade. Yeah,
1: yeah, I knew about that match. And then Chris Jericho and uh, Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy. That match I actually really wanted to watch.
0: Yeah, I really wanted to see the Young Bucks and FTR. And I guess uh, FTR actually wrestling the Lucha Bros coming up. That'll be a good match. That I think will be pretty fun. I feel like they're already doing some of their best stuff yep. because they were so underappreciated in WWE yep. for like the way that they can work. and
1: Well, and now they're with a company that loves tag teams.
0: Dude, I love tag teams. Right, I do too. I, I mean, that was, to me, like, if you go watch some of the old Summer Slams and, like, Royal Rumble 91, for instance, first match on the card is the Rockers versus the Orient Express. Yeah. I love the fact it's just, it's not a tag title match. It's just a tag team match. Let's start yep. the show off hot. That's what it's about. Yep. And uh, I dig that with uh, AEW. I wish I could watch their television, much like you probably wish you could. And I think in time that will change, maybe.
1: I'm surprised during this whole pandemic they haven't made a switch to allow
0: that to happen. Yeah, I mean, even if they did a uh, streaming service at, like, say, five bucks a month but it had all their pay-per-views, um, their weekly television and AEW Dark, and then maybe some type of documentary thing... I feel like that would be worth it. Well, the um, I, we've said before, like, I know
1: the big thing why they don't have one is probably because they don't have a back catalog. But the thing is, is, like, now they've got about a year's worth of stuff. Wouldn't take that long to go through. But well, they also they, have Being the Elite. They have Being the Elite. They have Cody's. Um, of course, Joey Ryan was heavily featured
0: on part of that. Yeah, they can skip those And I, and I think they're... Editing him his right. story out of they
1: there, they can honestly. they can skip his parts. But I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that they can add that they've done on YouTube over the past few years. Uh, I mean, not to and, and on top of that, they got new stuff they're coming up with every week. Yeah, you know, they and, have a podcast now that could be on there. Right, that could be like because I, I'm I know a lot of people will do like video podcasts mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, do a video and audio at the same time, right. and so I mean, it could be one of those things where you could watch the video podcast on their app.
0: No, and I think also a documentary on how this started mm-hmm. would be excellent because uh, you know two two or three years ago I remember we talked about it on here like Chris Jericho and Jim Ross partnering up with someone from Jacksonville to start uh, yeah. their own wrestling company yeah how we had no basis for that to really be true but the fact that that basically happened yep but they just got other people involved yep it was super interesting to me absolutely and I think that would that's a fun story to talk about. So, yeah, I think the time is right. I think I think that maybe they're just waiting. Like a big thing I, I have an issue with on the pay per view is the fact that there's no rewatchability. Like I missed last year, I missed Full Gear. Yep. And then I think it was Revolution they had back in February. Yep. Uh, I missed both of those, and I would like to go watch them. You know? Right. So like, how how can we do that? You know, it's kind of kind of sucks that you can't. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Kevin Owens apparently, uh, you, you were telling me this made some news. I guess uh, he was—he's uh, a big proponent of the mask, and is enforcing it with Vince. That hey, we need to make these masks more mandatory. Yeah, and I and I assume probably what it was is the people in the WWE just weren't wanting to wear them or weren't wearing them correctly. Or yeah, I well I think
1: the story I saw, which uh, doing the favor, share that and um, the story I saw was that Kevin felt uncomfortable because nobody was really wearing the masks or keeping their social distance. And he walked up to Vince, said, I don't feel comfortable. I'm going to go home. And Vince stopped him and said, hey, what do you want me to do to make mm-hmm. you feel better? And Kevin was Kevin said that, well, I know that um, when I cussed on SmackDown, you find me X amount of dollars. And after that, I never cussed on SmackDown again. And so Vince was like, so you want me to find him? And he was like, well. Yeah, and so Vince set up the first fine as a hundred dollars and the second fine as a a thousand dollars, and then uh, I guess the stories show that within like the hour, people everywhere wearing masks and social distancing. Yeah, and it's like, well, money talks. That's what you have to
0: do. Yeah, you know, and uh, and that and that's the whole thing with with the masks. I don't. I don't. I've never been a huge proponent of talking political stuff. It's just. You know, like we wrap your Papa Shango mask. I mean, it's just kind of part of where society is. Right. My honest opinion on it more than anything else is if wearing a mask is going to allow businesses to be open yeah. and people to make money, yeah. then wear one. Yeah. It's, it shouldn't be that. And, and, and that's, that's aside from just saving lives and stuff. Because, right. you know, no one, I don't, a big thing about this is there's a lot that no one knows. Yep. But if you are like, oh, I'm going to go in a store and I don't want to wear a mask. Like, okay, if that store allows you, that's fine. But if they don't, I mean, I've seen people like, oh, I'm not going in there. Like, I saw a video the other day. And you may have seen it. A guy was going in, like, look looked like a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't wear a mask. And, like, you know, an employee tackled him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see that. And I'm like, I feel like that defeats the purpose. <laughs> right. Um, just don't check him out. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't feel like it should be, like, a full-on, like, let's fight each other issue. Right. But just don't check the guy out.
1: There was a, you know, I service medical stops w- with the job I have and there was an argument as I was walking out of the medical stop earlier day about the exact same thing. A lady had a mask on but the appointment was for her son and he didn't have a mask on. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm sorry, we can change the appointment to a video conference or whatever you want me to do but he has to, he has to wear a mask in here. And she was like, Well we're already here and she said, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, it was just she made this big deal about it instead of just being like, okay, well, we can do a video conference Checkup.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but like when I leave the house, pretty much my go-to is wallet, keys, cell phone. Yep. Now a mask goes in the pocket. Yep. I mean, it's not not that hard. It's really not. You know. So and like you got some custom ones. I mean, it's like yeah. You know.
1: And I make sure I, I make sure I have sanitizer in the car. You yeah. Know? And it's like just it doesn't doesn't have to be a big deal. Just take take precautions.
0: Yeah. Just be smart. Yeah. And, you know, my God, it's just, it, I don't know. People are unbelievable in some in some aspects, and yep. like like that situation. Like a guy at my work, although this out there, he doesn't, they, they required us to wear a mask while we're inside. Yeah. He doesn't want to wear one, so he just doesn't want anyone to get near him. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's not going to work, pal. No. You know, like, you're going to have to put a mask yeah. on. If I'm going to wear one, I'm going to make sure you have to wear one. Yep. That's how I see it, you know. Yep. So, I don't know. It, it's, it's definitely <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it really is. Anyway, what do you say we dive into a little bit of movie talk here? Let's do it. This is Break and Bane Up At The Movies, yeah. This is Break and Up
1: At The Movies, yeah. This is Break and bane Up At The Movies, yeah. This is Break and, yeah. and bane Up At The Movies, yeah. All right, fellas. Go ahead and take it from here.
2: What you got now?
0: All right, I tell you what we got now. Big underscore Bane, you had to know that I was super excited to see this. Supermarket Sweep is on Netflix. Yes, it is. The game show that almost nobody remembers. <laughs> yeah, but it's not all the episodes, and it's also like '90s episodes. I don't know. I thought initially maybe like, oh my god, they brought it back. Yeah, but no, these are reruns from the '90s. I think the copyright said '93. Yeah, I watched an episode last night. It was glorious, yeah. just as I remember. Uh, <laughs> the hair was so 90s. I love it. Yeah. And then, of course, also, too, something I hadn't thought about, all the food labels were outdated. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. You know, because, like, the old Doritos logos and right. stuff like that, those all change and stuff. But. Perfect. Did you ever watch this show before? I watched it a little bit, yeah. I never. It, I didn't watch it
1: all the time, but I knew what it was.
0: Yeah. And basically what it is is they are more or less are filling up groceries mm-hmm. and they uh, ring in the groceries, and that's how much money you get with how many groceries you get. Like, there's penalties; you can only get five of each item. So, okay. like, you can get like five packages of diapers. But I know if I played that
1: game, I'd be heading straight back to the meat counter.
0: That's what. That's where most people go. Is it? Yeah, because they have big slabs of meat and big yeah, things of cheese and
1: twenty twenty one dollar pieces of steak.
0: Yeah, yeah, hell and, yeah, cowboy. And well, there's also like a, a thing like if you ground up coffee, that's a hundred dollars.
1: Oh, nice! If you get a but like, well, that takes
0: up a lot of time. But it takes time, right? Yeah. So that's where the strategy comes in. Yeah. And then like if you get a bag of candy, that's a hundred dollars. Yeah. They have these little bonuses like blow up things. Like on the episode I watched, the lady got like a big Reese cup blow up. Nice. And it there's says bonus on it. You pull it off. Well, it was two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, amazing. And then that like each episode there's always like some little thing like this one they had TV monitors and if you touched it, it would give you a clue. Mm. All the clues led to Chips Ahoy cookies. Ah. And there's specially marked ones, so if you grab those, then you get an extra 250 bucks. So it's kind of all strategy, you know, a little bit. And then also you get a penalty if you drop stuff on the ground. So you kind of have to be careful to a degree. Yeah. But then they play a lot of uh, a lot of games, and basically all there's no money. What you earn is time on the big sweep, which is at the the end. So you start with a minute and a half, and like if you answer whoever answers this question right gets 10 seconds. Yeah. I'm like that's kind of a kind of a fun thing, you know. So. But, dude, I, I, I dig the show. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just it's because it's not a super popular game show. But I used to watch it in the summertime at my grandma's house all the time. And yep. I don't really know why I did, but I did. And I don't know. It just brings back memories. Well, game shows in general are
1: just fun as hell. Uh, and, you know, we talked not too long ago, The Floor is Lava on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I actually got through watching all that. What do you think? I love it. It's fun. I think you and I need to go on that show. Dude, we need a third. There was one episode where they only had a, a duo. Really? Yes. Most of them I saw were always three people. The, all of them, but one episode was uh, trios. But there was one episode with duos. But well, okay, if we had to pick a third, if we had to pick a third, uh, obviously not that damn Bill Venus. Not Bill Venus. Definitely not that
0: son of a bitch Eric Barker.
1: No, uh, I wouldn't even go out go out on a limb and say Charlie Shaw. I don't. I don't. even, I don't even think Charlie Shaw would be a good one.
0: See, I think he I feel like he would sabotage us. I think he would. Yeah, I think he would. Travis Fowler. I think might be a good go-to. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of who's the most athletic person we know. I feel like Jeff from Fully Opposable would do well. You think so? He's lean. You know what I mean. Yeah. So he would he would be a good jumper. I think. No,
1: I will tell you. I will tell you who would be the best, and that is uh, Jordan Zeilinger. Oh, Jordan would be good. Jordan's not, dude. He's fit AF. B- yeah, dude,
0: that's... BS and craft beer. It's always his workout videos. Damn right. He, ta- he I think what he does on his free time is he works out, mm-hmm. and he watches weird stuff for his podcast. Yes. Or eats weird stuff yeah. for his podcast. So, yeah, I think he would be great. Yeah, he's he's got to be the guy. Should we, should we start holding open auditions? I
1: think we should. I think we should. Who's going to be the third man? Who's the third man? Who's the third
0: man? Whose side is he <laughs> on? Charlie Shaw would just jump at the lava just, just because. Yeah. You know he would. You know he would, but yeah, Supermarket <laughs> Sweep, uh, back on Netflix. I my hope is that this does well and that leads to uh, more game shows on Netflix because I'm yes, all about that. Absolutely, and I want more exclusive game shows like Floors Lava. I want stuff like that. Yeah, me too. Um, you, so you sent over this uh, new news article to me. This doesn't really fall in movies, but we're gonna throw it in here. A new Ninja Turtle comic. Yes, is coming out. And apparently, all the turtles have died except one. Yes. And one of them is living on, but the mystery is you don't actually know which one lived. Yeah, and <clears throat> well, and they,
1: or at least maybe they haven't announced it yet. Um, it's going to be called the Last Ronin, and um, it's pretty cool because it looks like whoever is the last one left has kind of taken over the mantle with all the weapons and things like that. So, Interesting. So he's got. Um, He's got, like, Leo's sword, uh, Donnie's staff, uh, Raph's little... sigh. Yeah, but see, this one actually has his little... Almost like his nightstick from the new cartoon. Oh, interesting. So it could be that maybe they're kind of going off of that basis a little bit. And then um, I don't see Mikey's nunchucks anywhere, but I'm sure they're there in this little picture. But, yeah, and he's almost got a... um, it looks like instead of the, the colored bandana, they got, like, a black bandana on them. I uh-huh. So I don't know if that's maybe to say, like, you know, you can't see who it is. Could and could That's um, some,
0: interesting. I like that concept, though.
1: I do, too. Somebody actually posted a little, like, leaked comic strip of a little bit of the dialogue, and so the people are trying to guess who it is and stuff like that. But it's... I like it's
0: kind of a darker take on the turtles, which is always kind of lighthearted.
1: Well, and that's that's something that, like, I, I remember the, uh, was it the 2007 cartoon where... Raph was kind of on his own for most of the movie, and and Leo was on his own at the beginning. It was an animated film.
0: Yeah, that sounds right.
1: And I think I think that was the one I'm thinking of because Raph was like his own little superhero. He wore like the metal uh, suit over him or whatever. Um, but it's
0: been a while since I've seen it. But that sounds right.
1: Yeah, but it was. But I like I like those stories where they kind of do their own thing. And I think something like this where it might be like where they get killed in battle and there's only one left and he's trying to avenge their death. Uh, the sounds amazing to me and then the the idea of who it might be because initially you think Leo would be the perfect fit for that, right? Right. But at the same time they're saying it it would be somebody who doesn't get the light shined on him very often. So that's got to tell. It makes you idea. think it's Donnie. Yeah. And so it's like they're going to turn Donnie into a badass.
0: Very likely. Like, that's awesome. I remember there was a comic a couple of years ago where Donatello actually died. Really? Yeah, I can't remember which one it was, but I thought that was kind of interesting that one of them died. This one's even more interesting because three of them died one of them lived. Yeah. You know? So Very, very interesting. I'm excited yeah. to check that out. Absolutely. We have a WTF story, so what do you say we dive into it? Let's do it. Well, in my world, the world of 10,000 lakes here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I am the governor, I see a lot of things that make you say WTF. A lot of things that make you go off the grid, from alien invasions at Area 51 to all kind of conspiracy theories. I'm the governor. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, and these are things that make you say WTF. Back to you, Gino Monsoon. Thanks, Governor. Shout out to the Gov. So uh, I got to share this. This doesn't really fit in the WTF category. I guess it kind of does. Mm-hmm. But Travis Fowler shared a story with me on the Facebook, and a few people have corroborated it. And you actually were like, oh, yeah, that's that's legit. Yeah. Apparently all Skittles are the same flavor. Yeah. The manufacturers did this because they realized it was cheaper. Mm-hmm. They changed the outside color and the smell, and it tricks your senses into thinking that they are different flavors yeah and you so you're aware of this this is legit yeah it's basically just uh sugar <laughs> i mean well and, and i guess sugar where travis thought of this is because i told him because he had a radical skedaddle bang right and i was like it, it tastes like a mouthful of skittles yeah and he was like it absolutely does and that's when he shared that story and i was like well, what i've never heard that before yeah and because all i can think is like i remember distinctly tasting a lemon skittle yeah. you know what i mean like i, I have that that memory so it kind of makes me think like if i blindfold myself And I cover my nose. Yeah. Will I not know? Will they all taste the same? Maybe we should have that challenge. I think we need to. Yeah. I think we need to. Yeah. I think we gotta have that challenge. Yeah. So that this is
1: wild to me, man. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you're like me, you know, I mean, I I just fill my mouth with Skittles when I eat Skittles, and I I don't taste five or six different flavors. You know what I mean? Yeah. You taste Skittles. You taste Skittles, and so it's. That's always kind of been known to me that you know it's all the same flavor.
0: Well, and I wonder if it's like if you grab a lemon, a yellow one, which is lemon. But mm-hmm. you look at it and you put it in your mouth. It tastes like lemon. Yeah. Now I will die on the hill that original
1: Skittles, tropical Skittles, sour Skittles. Those are all completely different. Oh yeah. But like the actual the tropical inside skittles of the are bags, so good. I know they're so much better than regular Skittles. Yeah. But the ones
0: inside you each know, particular chocolate bag, skittles no, oh god, those? they were awful. Were they M and Ms? No, they were actually Skittles, but it was like five different. It was like dark chocolate, like red velvet, Lord. and then like one of them was actually vanilla, which was funny. <laughs> and like they tasted so bad, they didn't last long. But I remember, I remember that distinctly. I was like, oh, chocolate Skittles. Yeah, they were not good. Yucky. Stay away from those. Yeah. Nasty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think next week or sometime in the future, we need to definitely d- dive into the Skittles Challenge, man. Absolutely. And challenge everyone at home to do the same. Yes. Well, I think we're about to get to Nate from Ring Skirts, but we've got to go into some toy talk. I mean, Nate's a fantastic fig photographer. So, yes. Let's dive into some toy talk here. Let's do it. Here we go, open the box,
1: it's the part of the show, we'll break your remain, do a bit of toy talk. Here
0: we go, open the box, it's the part of the show, we'll break your remain, do a bit of toy talk. All right, Big Underscore Bane, we don't have a lot of news as far as toy talk is concerned. Although, I, I I do want to throw this out there, I've seen some new images of the AEW figures and they do look a lot better. Yeah. So, um I don't know, maybe just bad pictures? That's kind of what I think. Yeah, but again, why would you let those get out? That's not a uh, good idea. Yeah, or fire that photographer. Good lord. Yeah.
1: Speaking of the AEW figures, boy did I pull the wool over GBN's eyes, dude. He's out there just dropping fake
0: news. He was, <laughs> he,
1: he was letting everybody know that those figures were canceled. Man, what's funny is when he put that out there. I forgot that we had you had said that. I was like, <laughs> I, oh shit, did that really? Well, that's why I responded. Like, well, I was like, wait, I
0: was totally kidding. Did that really happen? Yeah. <laughs> Quite funny. So, in case anyone didn't hear, you basically mentioned the two Chase figures were canceled as a joke. Yes. Because GBM's going to take you for money. Yes. And uh, yeah, that was not true. It was a joke, but he did not realize that. And he was out there spreading (laughs) fake news. There was like, I saw like three or four different people like, this isn't true. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. I saw the pictures. Yeah. (laughs) So, we got to talk about this. Uh, WWE Masters, or Masters of the WWE Universe Series 3 are starting to hit shelves. Soon. Nice. It includes The Undertaker, Braun Strowman, The Rock, and The New Day. Interestingly enough, um, a couple of guys on uh, Twitter uh, just today, as we record this, were talking about, I guess, on the New Day figure, they've seen it where the face is on different ones. So, it could be a Kofi face, could be a Big E face, could be a Xavier face. Mint in the package. Oh, okay. That's cool. So do mock collectors have to buy three? Ooh. <laughs> uh, is, is Jeff buying those? I don't think so. Yeah. Jeff's not big into the Masters of the Universe figures. Not the WWE ones anymore. Okay. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people were kind of like that initially. Then some people are like, man, that Ultimate Warrior's kind of cool. I think they look great. I, I mean, do too. Yeah. I, I dig the fact that all the bodies are the same. It's mm-hmm. like it's like an old school toy. Yeah. And I think that's what's fun about them. I haven't seen these yet, but I definitely want to pick them up. And then that new ring with Austin and Hogan's coming out, which is kind of a fun thing. Yeah. Although I'd rather have had a different accessory as a ring, but you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I still think they probably should have gone with like an entrance. Yeah. Instead, you know, maybe have like the big mouth opening cave yeah. or
0: whatever. Absolutely. I do I think that would have definitely been cool. But they're supposed to be hitting pegs soon. Uh, you picked up any of these figures yet, or do you plan to? I haven't. Um,
1: uh, I'll probably pick up some. It's not as important to me to get get these.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I know like you're you're very selective on when you buy stuff. Yeah. Remember the last figure I remember you were like, oh, I bought this. I was like, oh wow, it was the Undertaker Ghostbusters figure. Yeah. Which is
1: totally random. Yeah. Well, and it was around Halloween time when those. Busted out, and so I um, they actually had the entire set at that Walmart.
0: See, I've never even actually seen the entire set. Every time and, I've seen them, it's just been a random figure here and there.
1: Yeah, and they they had the whole set, and then I there was only one Undertaker though. Ah, and so I was like, well, I'm getting that Undertaker for sure. And I just I left the other ones there because I don't know, I'm not really not a huge Ghostbusters guy, right? And so that that set didn't really appeal to me too much, but the Ghost Undertaker really did. Because I could set him up during Halloween.
0: Oh, for sure, and I think that's what's fun about it, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. decoration. It's you know doing different stuff. So, for sure. So, Masters of the WWE Universe coming in uh, very soon. So, look for those. I'm also seeing. I I, I do want to mention this just because it's it's crazy to me. I don't know if you saw the uh, there's a HasLab from Hasbro does these like crowdfunded figures. Okay. I'm not specifically sure how it how it's done, but they're doing a. Uh, like 26 inch sentinel nice it's like 350 bucks wow has to be crowdfunded and the more money it gets funded the more they're going to add to the figure and apparently it got funded within a few days so people were all about it um, a lot of people ask me like you going to get that i'm like i'm not buying a 26 inch sentinel like that just right. seems like it's cool yeah but like that's just gigantic I, yeah. you know what i mean like, oh yeah It takes up way too much space. Yeah. And that's why I don't really like the big 10-inch pops either. I'm just like, that's too big. I I wanted one of the 10-inch pops
1: just so I could get one, you know what I mean? Sure. But once I got one, I realized, like, oh, these aren't really as cool as they looked in the box. Right. You know, because in the box, they look so much bigger. And then you get them out, and it's like, oh, a lot of that was just the box.
0: It was just the (laughs) box. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, so. Anyway, what do you say we uh, we take a break and we get old Nate from Ring Skirts on the show? Let's do it. It's time for the interview segment on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. And I am being joined here via Skype with the one and only Nate from Ring Skirts. Nate, what's going on, man?
2: Not too much. How's it going?
0: I am doing well. It's uh, it's been a long time. We've never actually even spoken outside of like uh, DMs or or anything like that. But uh, of course, you've been a, a very pivotal part of the uh, Twitter world as far as the Fig Life community with all your amazing figure photography, as we as we've uh, as we've heard.
2: Thank you. I'm proud to say that I'm Brian Breaker's favorite figure photographer. I'm
0: gonna tell you straight up, man. Like you have a actual war games cage, like. That's you know what I mean. Like if we were like twelve you know years what? old, it's all like, hey, let's all go to Nate's house. We're gonna play war games, you know. <laughs>
2: hey, I live by the rule. You don't have to be twelve by twelve years old to play with toys.
0: Absolutely, I I could not agree more. And so uh, when I
2: when when I built that thing, the the massive scale of it after I made it, I said this is the biggest thing I'm ever gonna construct. And I just keep going bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs>
0: Well, and and I'm sure we'll we'll dive into this, I'm sure, in a bit. But I I I would imagine a big factor too is just like the space to have all this stuff, right? I mean, that's got to be
2: a thing. That is part of it. Um, the way that my things work is everything I make is pretty collapsible, so I can collapse it down much smaller. Well, that's smart. Yeah. So I only have a couple of setups at a time.
0: Well, that, that definitely helps, but I mean, I guess we got we to start at the beginning. Obviously, if you're going to take the time and energy to construct all these sets, you know, that are inspired by classic wrestling, you had to be a huge fan as a kid.
2: Yeah, around nine, ten years old, uh, the SummerSlam um, match, made in hell, match made in hell, that's where I really started watching.
0: And of course, so that, you know, that would be what 1991 then. And, you know, we're in definitely in the Hasbro era of pro wrestling pretty heavily at that point. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think wrestling might have been a little hotter a couple of years before that. But as a kid, as a young person, you don't really know that you just you find it when you find it and you get pretty much consumed by it. Was that the same way with you where you can pretty much just consume by this as soon as you found it?
2: yeah pretty well i mean i was first introduced i have a brother who's eight years older than me so he grew up in the the hogan boom um and i remember him watching it vaguely when i was really young and just not getting it and not appreciating it and then he actually he was coming out of wrestling as i got into it and he brought that pay-per-view that a friend of his had taped home the monday after so that he could watch it and i watched it with him and that's kind of when I got hooked, and after that, everything else was gone. That's what my main focus was.
0: It's kind of the same, I think, for most of us, right? Like we, we once you find wrestling, it kind of just overtakes everything else that was, you know, a part of your life at that point. And and yeah. that's what's so crazy about it because I remember, you know, back in '98, wrestling booms again, right? And most of those people got very into it; were huge wrestling fans. Then by '99, 2000, they're not really they're not really digging it anymore, you know, like kind of that popularity kind of dwindled down, and like for me, I always I always found that so just strange because it's like, well, how could you not be into wrestling? And you know, maybe they got into it because they were a big Stone Cold fan, and you know, by 2000, he had kind of disappeared for a little bit, and so on and so forth. But um, much like you, I, I found it pretty early, and it was definitely the uh, late '80s, I would say, is probably when I first discovered it, but. Mm -hmm. I was born in 85, so I don't really recall a whole lot of wrestling up until the 90s. And I feel like Hogan was the biggest star in the world at that point, although he was already kind of on the downhill side of his WWE run, which is kind of crazy to think about all this time later.
2: Right. I, I felt the same way. Although, like, when I was watching live, I think Hogan was on TV maybe three or four times while I watched live. But at that time, I was going back and running all the old tapes. Sure. So that seemed present to me.
0: Well, and what's funny about you? You talk about SummerSlam '91, and that I remember watching the build to that on pay per view, like like the uh, like Jim or I mean Gene Okerlund doing like the SummerSlam report and all the matches and all that. I vividly remember that, but I have no recollection of the Ultimate Warrior disappearing after that. But I remember his return. So it's it's that weird thing of like, and those days that if a guy was but let go or released or something, you didn't know. Like all of a sudden if you think just,
2: of it, yeah, I mean, yeah. It how would going. you know? Because where did the Warrior wrestle? He wrestled on pay-per-view. Right. So if you didn't see him on TV for four weeks, that was normal. Exactly. So, so one of the things that I think about our cohort growing up, especially as wrestling fans, is I think that we came into wrestling at a very unique time that made us lifers. For example, when we started watching in the early mid-90s, that's when a lot of people got out of it because they thought it was too cartoony, I thought it was too childlike, but when I was watching, I was a kid, so I didn't see it that way. It made sense. And then the late nineties come around, things get edgier, things get hot. I'm a teenager. That's exactly what I want. Wrestling grew up with me. And by the time I got older, wrestling mellowed out, got a little more nostalgic. I felt like my life and my maturation matched kind of how wrestling changed.
0: No you're definitely not wrong there, and and that's the thing is like even to this day, if I'm looking at the uh the w w e figures, like you know, within the last couple of years they released two that I thought were very odd: the warlord and the Berserker. Great figures, but kind of odd choices, I feel like for the elite line, you know, you're kind of like that's that's interesting. But those were like the first two I was like really gravitated to, because that's my childhood, even though they're like sea level characters it's that early nineties, like, Oh man, you know, like I a sudden I, I remember the berserker trying to stab the undertaker with a sword on superstars, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. So it's like you said, we definitely did grow up with wrestling and, and, you know, and you're talking about not knowing stuff. There was no way to know that at least, you know, as me as a five, six year old kid, I would have known how to, to what a dirt sheet was. Like the most information you're going to get is what they tell you on TV or maybe even through the magazine.
2: Or the rumors your friends were telling you.
0: <laughs> I, I remember hearing a rumor that after the Undertaker got rid of his an opponent, he, he tied him up in a dungeon. Like that was <laughs> that was a that was a standing rumor that because if you remember the early days, he'd put him in the body bag. And yes, and that's when they went. And went into the dungeon and Hulk Hogan escaped. That's what we all heard. (laughs) (laughs) But it's one of those things. That's probably what the WWE loved is these kids like letting their imagination run wild with all the stuff that they're putting out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That was part of the mystique. And I, I'd always been a fan. I bought whatever they were selling me. Sure. I didn't go against the grain. Like when the undertaker came out, I was scared to death of him until he started wearing purple gloves. And then all of a sudden I knew, okay, I can trust this guy, not
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, and it it's crazy to to think that, like how, especially at that time, that character felt so cutting edge because they didn't really have anything that was scary. And you know, I know a couple of years later they introduced Papa Shango, but even that character, looking at it, not that scary. You know, it's 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 kind of funny how. But at that time, I remember watching Survivor Series 90, like I was at my dad's friend's house watching it, and seeing The Undertaker walk out, it scared me to death, because it's this big monstrous man, he's all white and cold and pale, and, and you just, and then of course the WWE was so smart, by focusing on the kids in the crowd, and they're all scared. So like, immediately exactly. that, that makes me realize like, oh, this is a scary situation, you know, this is, this is scary
2: stuff right here. Yeah, it, it conditioned you to be afraid of the guy
0: absolutely now um we got to transition into uh into the wrestling action figure world because obviously that's kind of how me and you first got acquainted through the twitter world and all that stuff um what what are some of the first action figures as far as wrestling that you remember really getting into
2: so as i said my brother was into wrestling before me so i inherited his very small ljn collection of four figures and by inherited um a more accurate term would be I just kind of took them from him when he was gone to college. <laughs> uh, so those were my my first wrestling figures. I had uh, The Sheik, Macho Man, Big John Studd, and Superfly. And I was someone, I, I always liked toys as a kid. Um, my first big toy line was Ghostbusters. And after Ghostbusters stopped was kind of when I got into wrestling. And I remember as a kid, like, like I bought a lot of my toys with my own, like, birthday money or money from mowing grass and stuff like that. Sure. And I remember as a kid, like, getting into wrestling figures was a big decision for me. Because <laughs> I was thinking, am I going to make this investment? Because if I start buying this stuff, I can't buy the G.I. Joes. I can't buy the other stuff. I'm going to want to go all in on this. Of course, yeah. And I made the decision. I bought my first one. Bought a, a Hasbro hacksaw. Although Hogan was my favorite, I picked Hasbro Hacksaw because he came with a two by four. Oh, and in absolutely! My,
0: yeah, in
2: my nine-year-old brain, that was that was value. <laughs> so I liked the value of the accessories, and I remember going home that night. I only had one guy, so he wrestled my four LJNs in a beer box that I cut out to look like ring ropes. Very so nice. those are my first wrestling play memories.
0: What was your what was your thought process? Because obviously. The jump from LJN to Hasbro, which I had a lot of beat up LJNs as a kid. Um, I remember like I got a handful of them new, but like maybe three or four, not many. But my grandmother, she was big into like flea markets or garage sales and stuff like that. And so she had just bags and bags of of these LJNs. I remember very distinctly my Greg Valentine had half of his face bitten off, like (laughs) by, by a dog. You know, like it was just they were they were very, very like rough looking, obviously. And I remember the very first time I saw a Hasbro figure, obviously it's a much different type of figure. It's about half the size. It's got more of a plastic than a rubber feel to it and a little bit shinier. But something about those, I just thought that they were so much cooler. And the very first one I got was the Series 1 Macho Man, which is still a very sought-after figure to this day. But to me, like that jump... I was all in for it. I know a lot of people were probably hesitant, and I know people these days are very hesitant when it's like a new toy line and a new sculpt and all that stuff. But seeing those, I was like, oh, these are, these are amazing. And if, you know, if Hacksaw was one of your first figures, you had to be, had to be very familiar at that point with the, with the Hasbros, I guess, right?
2: Yeah, I kind of got introduced to them by a cousin of mine. I had a younger cousin who was neck deep into wrestling. So I remember him coming. They were throwing a party for my father, and he came with all of his Hasbros in the ring. And I remember playing with him, and this was probably... Oh, Hacksaw's what? Is he Series 3, I think? I want to say he's Series 2, but I'm not 100% sure. Series 2? Okay. So I think when I got in to Hasbro, Series 2 and 3 were on the shelves. I had missed Series 1. So my cousin had... He had a pretty good collection. And I remember playing with his, and I loved the action figures. I liked that they could move... Um, I wasn't as big into the LJNs as a kid. They didn't feel like toys to me. Right. So, I mean, the transition, it it wasn't a problem with me at all at that time.
0: No, yeah, I definitely get that. And I mean, I know like with the LJNs, I remember, it's funny because I hear Jeff and Scott talk and they're, they're, you know, a little older than I am, maybe a generation ahead of me. So they, they're probably their biggest toy playing time was with the LJNs. Yeah. Whereas by the time the Hasbro's exactly. came along, they still liked them, but maybe not playing as much. Well, for me, more of my playing was the Hasbro's because even some of the LJN guys, I didn't know who they were. You know, I, I had never seen Corporal Kirshner. Um, In fact, I told on their podcast one time. I thought I thought it was Rambo because I didn't. You know, I had no idea. I was uh-huh. a yeah. So, but with the Hasbro's, I knew all the characters. I knew who was you know the good guy and the bad guy and all that stuff and. You could set up the matches. But uh, there was something about that. I mean, I remember seeing them distinctly uh, from a distance. They were on like an end cap, and I saw that, that iconic WWF logo, and I ran up to them. And the only two that they didn't have that day were Hogan and Warrior, which is that's the one I wanted, one of those two. But, you know, Macho Man was a solid uh, second choice, and, and just was I was all in on those. And I remember being so actu- actually being so disappointed. Um, I was in Toys R Us one day. And obviously this was 96, and I'm still... I don't realize Hasbros are gone. I know I haven't seen them in a long time, but I'm still hoping to see something. And all of a sudden, I see the Jax bone-crunching action, and I saw Razor and Shawn. And obviously those... Uh Some people love them, some don't. Yeah, I collected those, too, just because I wanted wrestling figures. But I remember being so disappointed when I saw those, because it felt like, to me, Hasbros are done now. Like, this is the new wrestling figure. And it was just like, oh. (laughs) you know, It was like a big, huge disappointment. But... But yeah, man, the Hasbros I, are definitely a favorite of mine.
2: I feel you. I had a, a little bit different of a journey. I mean, I didn't, as I said, I had a handful of the LJNs that I inherited. Um, but I only had a few, and they, weren't, they were never on the shelves when I was into wrestling. Okay, right. I never remember finding them. So I got into the Hasbros, and I grew up in an area where there was no Toys R Us, which made it kind of hard to, to fig hunt back then. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I remember there would be these lulls where I just couldn't find any of the new Hasbros at all.
0: Absolutely. I definitely remember that.
2: um, Yeah, I want to say probably around that 96 time period that you're talking about when when Hasbro phased out, I wasn't finding anything. And then all of a sudden I started going to yard sales and I would see an LJN here or there and I'd pick it up. And then I had a friend who had some older brothers who had maybe about 15 LJNs in the ring. And I ended up convincing them to, to sell them to me. <laughs> so I started expanding my LJN collection when the Hasbro line started to run down. And in my mind, I remember, I remember a lull where Hasbro's just kind of they disappeared. They stopped. The Just Toys Bendems popped up here and there. Sure. And I'd get one or two to kind of supplement the collection. But I just remember like, there being a lull And as a kid, the only reason I'd want to go shopping with my parents was to try to find wrestling toys. And once those bone-crunching action figures were on the shelf, I was like, I'm just glad to see something new. Mm -hmm. This is great. And I love the fact that they weren't gimmicked up and that you could move all their limbs. Um, It changed play.
0: No, you're definitely right there. It definitely did change things up. And, and, And much like everybody else, I collected the Bone Crunchers. And what's funny is I remember I bought Razor and Sean that day, even though I was disappointed there was no Hasbro's and they were the only two on the pegs. But I bought them that day, and in I don't know if you remember this, the early Jax figures were not great quality, and both of those figures broke within a day. Uh-huh. And so I swore off Jax. I'm like, I'm not buying these kind anymore. These are these are crap. And and then of course they show they ended up re-releasing the LJN ring as the monster ring. And, and then they released a Survivor Series box set and series two hit the, the shelves. And I remember I happened to have some birthday money or something like that. Um I had some money on me for some reason. And so I bought the Survivor Series box because again I was like, I don't want these anymore, but then you see them and you're like, oh, that's awesome. You know, they have Ultimate Warrior, I gotta get it. And um mm-hmm. so I bought the Survivor Series box, um, I bought the ring, and I think I bought Owen Hart, who was a part of series two. And the even cooler thing is on the back mm-hmm. of the ring, it said, look out, coming soon, Series 3. And it listed all those guys. But, I, you know, you see, like, the British Bulldog and Ahmed Johnson and Sid and Mankind, I think, was in there.
2: And if I recall, I could be wrong, but I remember, like, when they talked when they advertised Series 3 on the back, did they not show pictures? They showed, like, their superstar logos or something right, like
0: that. Right, right. Yeah, it wasn't actually Which was unique. pictures of them. Yeah. yeah. Which that was kind of a, a cool thing, too. Probably because the, the pictures weren't ready, but they were letting you know, hey, yeah. this isn't done yet. We're still got more stuff coming.
2: Yeah. And so, it, it was cool. It was unique, though. It I mean, was. As, as much as Jax did wrong, they had so many little things that at that age I really appreciated. You brought up the warrior figure. The fact that that warrior figure had like real fabric tassels. Sure. I was through the moon about that as a kid.
0: Oh, absolutely, and uh Bulldog in Series three had that as well, but yeah, exactly, but I remember, and also of course, you know, I bought all those, and I was and they these were a lot more well put together, none of these figures broke, so that was good, and in fact, I actually kept the Bret Hart figure all the way up until the bone crunchers were were done, you know, so mm. they, they were well much better put together, but I remember even like the series three mankind had scars on his arm, you know. From his uh, yeah, death mask exactly. and stuff. So they got a lot better. And, and again, I think like anything else, like you get back into it because yeah, I never had a Mankind figure. I never had an Ahmed Johnson. Well, you know, There hadn't been a British Bulldog since uh, the Hasbro figure when he had the long hair. So he definitely needed that updated look. So you kind of get into these because they're hitting all the guys you want to see. And then, of course, Series 4, Stone Cold Steve Austin was released. He was the hottest guy in the business at that time.
2: Yeah, good at luck point finding I that. They felt like they
0: were off, off and running, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'm very stuck. cool stuff. Um, bone crunching action. I remember really loving all of those, and then all of a sudden they transitioned into the Titantron live figures, which I was not a huge fan of, especially before the non-real scan technology.
2: Yeah, yeah, they were definitely ugly. Even as a kid, when they came out, I remember seeing them, being like. God, you didn't even get Kane right, and that's not even a real face. Yep. And on top of the faces looking bad, the the like the way they were articulated, you could had a hard time moving the legs. They had useless ankle joints that didn't move at all. Right. I was like, why are you even paying for this extra tooling and articulation when you can't move them?
0: Well, and I, and I felt like at that point, everyone was into the bone crutchers. so it's like, why change it? You know, like, why go through that effort of, like, okay, we're going to redo the whole line, okay, just because of the Titantron. And it's y- like, the Titantron itself was great. It playing 15 yeah. seconds of really crappy music wasn't that big of a thing to me. Just having the actual entrance stage, that was the cool thing.
2: It was innovative. It was the first ever, like, wrestling accessory outside of the LJN cage. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, the thing that really boiled my blood about the change was the change in scale. Yes. Yeah. You always was about a, what, from an inch, inch, inch and a half dollar. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember at the time, like I'm, I'm not mixing scales. I couldn't do that. That was, that was never something that I liked except for the brief period of time that I had hacks off fight my LJNs. Um, and at that time I had just found the bone crunching action Godfather, and then it was transitioning over, and I was like, I can't even use them. Yeah. And there's never going to be another Godfather until that awful classic Superstars one.
0: Yeah. It, it's crazy to think that they did that because, you know, I felt like at that point, you know, there there were so many bone-crunching, like, series because you had, like, the main line. Then they do, like, signature series or, like, the fully loaded or um... – And every
2: store seemed to have their own, like, exclusives. Yeah. It was the wild, wild best.
0: Yeah, and it was, like, you would see, like, I remember uh, the Draws figure came out in, like, was it Breakdown or something? And, like, that was the only way to get him, so that was really cool. And, like, you start to see different Mm -hmm. guys popping up and all this stuff, and it was awesome. But, again, it was just so strange the way they...
2: And, like, how cool is that Draws figure? It had, like, this little, tiny, soft goatee. I was like, how did how did they get that fine fine detail at that time? I was very impressed with that.
0: Yeah, it, it was awesome, and that's what was so weird about them going to the Titantron live figures. How it was like I remember the one that really stood out to me was Billy Gunn. How bad his face looked.
2: But to be fair, the bone crunching Billy Guns were awful too. They were, they were, but
0: at, at least like I always felt the bone crunching had a little bit of a cartooniness to them, and and so when I saw the Titantron, because you know, again, much like you if a wrestling figure's out there you want to collect it you want to be a part of it but then i see these and i was just like this is awful but and it took a while eventually i did start collecting the titan tron but you know like anything else like all of a sudden they announced the Dudley boys they announced the hardy boys like they're start announcing guys that didn't have a bone cruncher that i wanted a figure of so like you kind of have to to dive into them now cuz it's like okay well that makes sense and and they did those for a while i know they kind of experimented with r3 tech and those some of those looked okay, some of them looked pretty bad, but then eventually I think they hit their stride with a Ruthless Aggression
2: style. You know, I'm, I'm going to go out there on a limb, and I'm going to say the R3 Tech are not as bad as people say. I actually went on a mini buying spree recently, and I bought a handful of R3 Tech guys that haven't been released lately, Yeah, and they look really nice next to the Mattels.
0: Really? Interesting.
2: I remember, now, I remember when you actually could- liking those, yeah. Now, when you compare them to um, the Titantron Live or the Ruthless Aggression, they look a lot smaller and skinnier. But compared to the Mattels, they fit pretty good. Really? Um, there That's are some part problems. Yeah, some of them have, like, like, I remember the Stone Cold had this weird, like, puffed-out, bony chest, and some of those things are bad. But I recently picked up Maven, uh, Billy and Chuck, um, Tajiri. Some guys that I know that won't be released otherwise. Mm-hmm. That they fit in pretty nice with the Mattel's test. Oh, nice. I just got test recently. Yeah,
0: yeah, I really like the uh, the R three tech actually. I know like there were some that were not good. I remember really liking the Hardy Boys that came out in that line. Uh huh. Yeah. And like you said, the Stone Cold was a little a little off, but
2: yeah, it was like his torso was all weird.
0: It's almost like his back was really arched or something.
2: Yes, exactly. It, yeah,
0: it was just it was a very weird look. And I remember. Like he looked like, he like a cocky like baby. Was like he had like the actual and like knee braces and, yeah. and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, I kind of see where they're going. But that didn't last know, long, of course. And, and that was I also really that weird time where it's like some figures are R3 Tech, some are Titan Tron, and they're mixing them yeah, in the sets. Exactly. So it was, just a, it was yeah. a
2: really weird time. Jax did whatever the hell they wanted. <laughs> they really did. They really, really did. But- Oh, we need to mention the articulated fingers on some of them. Yeah. That was a cool innovation.
0: That was. And you know, nowadays like I don't know how you feel about all the extra hands, but I feel like that's such a weird accessory because I feel like, man, it was hard for me to keep track of my accessories as a kid. I certainly wouldn't uh-huh. keep track of extra hands, you know.
2: So it's it's a it's a mixed feeling. Like I appreciate it. I like them and I use them, but keeping track of them is a pain. I have to bag everything. Right. So it's an added step. I worry about losing them. And I don't know. One of the things I think is really silly this recent WrestleMania set that people hate with the awful McFoley. You can mm-hmm. build Danny Davis. You know who I'm talking about? Sure, Kofi and Matt Hardy and so. Yeah. That. So I'm sure you remember the um, fiasco about the Al Snowhead bone oh, yeah. crunching Ash. That the oh, yeah. mom didn't know what it was and freaked out about it. That was, such a, believe- that was
0: such a weird thing too, because it's like it's pretty obvious that this is not. <laughs> A, like, why would a figure come with a severed head? Like, if we exactly. stop and think, <laughs>
2: and if if you look at some of the Jack's action figures at the time, there's a lot more things to be concerned about, like guys coming with chainsaws or yeah, the voluptuous Marlena figure. <laughs> and there's right. a lot of other things that you could have been upset about, right? But, anyways, this recent WrestleMania series has the build of Danny Davis, Kofi Kingston comes with extra hands, and two of them are Danny Davis's white hands. Right. Which is, it, to someone that doesn't know, they're wondering, why is there this African-American action figure that comes with two white guy hands?
0: It's offsetting, right? I've always thought that about the Build-A-Figure stuff. Like, I love the concept of it, but I know, um, obviously, a figure I really wanted, uh, because of just personal memories, was the Harley Race Elite flashback that no one could ever find. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how great would that be to have that Minton card hanging up on the wall? But this beautiful figure has two of Shawn Michaels' arms in it. Like, that exactly. is so offsetting to display, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The build-a-figure, like, me and Jeff have talked about that, actually, for, you know, for a long time and what we think. And I'm like, the concept of it is great. You buy four or six figures, however many are in the wave, and you get basically a bonus figure. That's awesome. But... If you're a Minton card collector, this is not at all what you're going to want to do um, because now you have to open everything. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird yeah. thing. I'm not sure.
2: You know what? Even as a loose collector, it can be a little annoying because I've had times where I've collected the Build-A-Figure series and couldn't find all the parts. Sure. So Paul, Paul Bearer, for example, I had a Paul Bear that was harmless for what seemed like months because I couldn't find his arms. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know I, uh, I've i kind of dove into the Marvel Legends at, at different points. And uh, those are, if anyone's a comic book fan, those are great figures too. But what they do, which I think is probably smart, they usually make the Build-A-Figure one you really want. And it's usually a much bigger character, so it makes sense that it's a Build-A-Figure. But usually in the waves of I've six, seen that, yeah. six or seven figures, there's usually two or three you really don't want. So that's where it kind of becomes that thing like, okay, do I... Do I not buy these figures and just not build it, or do I do I buy the figure for the build a figure piece and try to sell it loose, or whatever it might be? It's just that it's that weird thing where they kind it's of true. it's smart on their part business wise because I think they're. So,
2: that's interesting that you said that way. I've seen those and I don't know the line very well. I didn't realize that the build a figure was the one that was more sought after. It seems like wrestling does the opposite. Yes, where. They try to get you to buy the main figure and the build-a-figure, is some obscure guy that most people except me aren't gonna care about.
0: Well, and that and that's the whole thing is like JJ Dillon, I think they did Howard Finkel and then Danny Davis. I think they look at those as figures that they feel like would warm the pegs yeah. for the most part. So they make it a build-a-figure. But if you're not into that, like, yeah, I don't need that, you know, so they just throw the extra hands or arms or whatever it is away. Whereas yeah. Marvel Legends is a much different approach. And, like, the one that really got me was Kingpin, who's a Spider-Man villain. And you had to buy mm-hmm. seven figures, I think it was, to complete it. Oh, wow. And it was like, that's such a good figure, I want to complete it. And and the real kicker is that figure will probably sell for 100 bucks on eBay. So, sure. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a smart business strategy because... Those figures sold, all of them, and you know, I don't know if they all would have had it not been for that Build-A-Figure part. Mm. So definitely definitely crazy stuff. But anyway, Nate, let's, uh, let's take a break here, and uh, we'll have you back on for part two and kind of dive into your, uh, your figure photography stuff. Very good. And we're back. We're back. Big thank you to Nate from Ring Skirts. Make sure to give him a follow at Ring Skirts on all his social media. and Check out all his cool figure photography, and, of course, he will be back here next week. Yes. Now big underscore man, we gotta dive into some chalk line talk here. Let's do it. So chalk it's been a little bit since we we've talked, you know, because last week we kind of almost did like a, a BS episode and chalk line's always dropping out some, some really cool stuff. Um, something that interestingly was dropped not long ago. Did you see the Macho Man sequin jacket? Apparently this is a new thing they're doing. And it it's very reminiscent of his robe. So yeah, they're gonna do that? Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a deal. That's that, I mean, I could see you rocking that bad boy.
1: You could see me rocking that? Yeah, oh yeah. I don't know about that. Um I'm not really big into sequence. <laughs> but I mean it, it
0: looks great. It looks great. It's 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 it crazy to me that they're making that. I dig the, the look of it though.
1: I think that'll be um yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I think I do think it looks great though.
0: Yeah. Did you see the Street Profit shorts? Yes. Apparently, those are exclusive to WWE Shop, which is kind of fun. Very Sh- nice. The Street Profits are doing a lot of great things and all that stuff, so it's cool that they're getting some some merchandise out there. That we've seen jackets drop for Dakota Kai, Rhea Ripley, yeah, uh, Lita, as well. Uh, they've uh, shown new images. Well, these have been shown before, but they're showing them again of the uh, oversized Stone Cold. Skull shorts, which are pretty cool. Yeah, the Shawn Michaels Texas shorts, which are fun. Uh, but how about the Hey Arnold shorts, dude? I saw these; it blew my mind. I was like, those are probably the coolest shorts I put out in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Are those not amazing? Hey Arnold, yeah, that's a that's a show I always forget about, but it, that was a good show. I'll never forget. I was watching a Nickelodeon movie in theaters. I feel like it was like *Harriet the Spy*, maybe. Yeah, and that's when they when I first ever heard of *Hey Arnold*, and. Um, I don't know. I really do not know how to take it. It's an odd show. It is. Um, I was really
1: hoping that this wasn't just a picture, but I think it is. And that's they posted a, a picture of uh, Dion Cole as Shonuf. Mm-hmm. And it looks so badass. I thought when I saw that photo, I was like, oh, crap. They're getting some Last Dragon
0: gear. And I don't think that's the case. Well, I see a comment. Oh, I actually, I see that you commented, please tell me you're getting some Last Dragon gear. Yes. Yeah. And, and they put, uh, we wish we were. So yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like they have a license for that yet. Uh, how about the Popsicle SpongeBob jacket? you see that? Yes. That's pretty cool looking. Yeah. i um, not a huge SpongeBob fan, so I can't say I'm going to be picking that up, but it's kind of kind of fun that they're getting a, a jacket for Popsicle and for SpongeBob SquarePants, kind of two in one there. Absolutely. But I'm still hoping to one day see some shorts of the WWE ice cream bars. That's what I'm hoping for the most. Yeah, I think that would be, that would be killer. Yeah. So chalkline's always putting out some great stuff. I actually had an issue order I was going to talk about on here, and um, I ordered some stuff and like it didn't ship. And as you know, I'm like about to move. Right. And so I, I always kind of get nervous when I move because it's like, oh god, I hope it doesn't get lost in the mail or whatever. And so I contacted them, and I was like, this hasn't shipped yet. I was just curious if there's an issue. And they got back to me right away. which super easy to deal with. They actually canceled the order, refunded my money, had me reorder the same stuff, and gave me a 20% discount. Very cool. I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. And they were like, hey, since for all the issues, the next pair of shorts you want are on us. Yeah, I'm like wow, like that's a company I want to deal with. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. absolutely, that really takes care of their customers. That's that's the way it, that's the way it should be. Yeah. So check out Chalkline, get you some shorts, get you a jacket. Has your tank top came in yet? It has. Um, what you think? It's it's great. It's it's mesh. <laughs> I wasn't aware that it
1: was like mesh.
0: Yeah, I, I, I thought that. Yeah, I knew that they were. Yeah, yeah I, I, guess I you didn't
1: know that. I, no, I wouldn't. I guess I wasn't paying attention when I ordered it. I just thought it was pretty sweet. I mean, it it's great it's a little snug but that's my problem not theirs yeah because <laughs> I got the right size its just yeah. it's a little snug but um it's uh, I, I love it though I mean I, I wear it around the house I'm not comfortable enough wearing it out in public but
0: well you're rocking the uh, different tank here today so yeah
1: yeah this is one of one of mine the heavyweights and cuppy cakes heavyweights and cuppy cakes yeah oh
0: interesting yeah I like it <laughs> yeah it's for, for fat boy gym goers fat boy gym goers it's yeah. the way it is man right, anyway anything else you want to add before we get out of here dude uh, that's that's it. Well, thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. And, of course, if you want to check out some other awesome podcasts, check out the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast with Jeff and Scott. They're dropping a new show every Sunday. Great dudes. They've kind of come under some fire lately. I was wondering if you even wanted to talk about that. Uh, you know, I don't want to, like, full-on the shade. Yeah, I'll throw all the damn shade. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Well, here's... Kind of what happened, you know. A lot of people have heard of the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, sure, with the Major Brothers, and Jeff and Scott came first. Yep. And I think a lot of people were assuming that when the Major Brothers started their show, that they would give credit to Jeff and Scott. Yep. I had been around the wrestling business long enough to know that that was never going to happen. Right. I in no way thought that they would, and the reason I say that is Zack Ryder actually appeared on Fully Posable yep. a couple of years ago, before they started that show. So it's been a while. And several people were tagging him in tweets, and he wouldn't re- acknowledge them, yeah. which kind of made me think, like, he doesn't want any part of that, th- th- at least in my opinion. Right. He finally did it, and I think maybe as a way to kind of backdoor pilot his own stuff. Right. And then kind of just not acknowledge the competition, we'll just build our own brand. Yeah. With them having celebrity status, it wasn't that hard to do. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were upset that they stole the, the re- fully posable idea, which I don't know if they necessarily stole it, I think... I think elements of it they
1: did. Well, let's even say that they did uh, steal it, just for just for argument's sake. Did Michelle McCool ever say shout out to AJ Styles when she did the Styles Clash? Of course not. No,
0: it's, it's just, the faith breaker, bro. It's,
1: it's <laughs> that's just what happens. I mean, it's and and the unfortunate thing is, is they have you. It's it's going to be hard to to give a middle finger to somebody who has two million followers yeah. as a person. I don't know how many uh, Hawkins has, but. I assume it's way more than what all of us have together. Yeah. And it's it's just one of those things like, you know,
0: you kind of just got to take it on the chin. Well, you remember that movie Big Fat Liar from back in the day? Yeah. That Paul Giamatti's a writer. He steals his kid's script and makes it into a movie. Yep. And the whole thing is, he the kid's like, no, he stole my script. His dad's like, I don't believe you. Yeah. And that's the whole basis of the movie. That's that's can't tell me that doesn't happen in Hollywood all the time. Right. Write me a script. I don't really like it. And then they change it and make it their own. I yep. mean, that's... It, that, that doesn't make it right, but it is what it is. But here's here's the thing. So what actually happened, um, a package was sent out to a writer's house. And, you know, they're using their real names more now yeah. because of the podcast and their WWE release. So that person, I guess, recognized the name from eBay or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't, you know, no idea who sent it. No clue. And, I, and it's not important. But I guess that person wrote, you know, fully posable. Um Leg work, fig life on the box and yep. then on the back on the back of the box like give give credit where credit's due yeah something like, and he and ryder took that incredibly um personally and mm-hmm. like you're sending stuff to my house how dare you blah 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 and just very very upset about it um to be fair here here's what bothers me about this whole situation jeff and scott are great dudes absolutely and they're left holding the bag for somebody else. Yep. That bothers me. Yep. Because I'm like, that. doing that's one thing, but then like, putting... It'd be like me taking a Bane sticker and then going and putting it on someone's car. Who are they going to be mad at, me right. or you? Right. Who's this Bane guy? Why did he put his... Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that, that bothered me. And I'm not knocking anyone... Whoever did it, I don't know who did it, but... That's just my personal opinion. It bothered me that Jeff and Scott got all this flack for something that somebody else did. That didn't seem right to me. It'd be it'd be the equivalent
1: of, like, somebody going to Eminem's house saying, F you, Bane's better. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, now you got Eminem pissed at me.
0: Like, yeah. what the hell for? Right. You know? Yeah. So, it, you know, it was what it was. And, you know, I talked to Jeff a little bit. And he's like, I'm not the Twitter police. I don't have enough time to right. monitor people talking about, I guess... I guess that they felt like there's been a lot of jabs, and there probably has been. I, I mean to be fair I
1: don't listen to the major bros yeah I don't I don't know what their podcast is like I've never tuned in
0: like at all I know initially like almost everything they did was just like fully posable mm-hmm. then they found their groove and they kind of started doing their own thing because yeah. I have listened to some episodes and I'm I'm sure they probably
1: did use it as inspiration because they were the only ones that were doing it
0: well to be fair before fully posable if I said, hey let's do a wrestling bigger podcast how the hell do we do that right I mean like Jeff and Scott do it perfectly. Yeah. They have games, they talk news, they talk nostalgia, all that stuff. Like, I wouldn't have known how to structure that. So, hell no. Yeah, they probably did use it as a template. Yeah. Until they figured out what they were doing. And then they kind of came up with their own deal. But um, it was what it was. I mean, you know, now a bunch of wrestling figure podcasts have popped up. Right. You know, we even talk figures on our show. Yeah. Which was something I initially kind of moved away from because so many other podcasts were doing it. I thought, oh, what the hell? Let's do it. Yeah. So anyway, my, my whole point with all this is just it sucks that Jeff and Scott got left holding the bag. Well, and that's where, that's what pisses me off. Here's the thing that pisses me off the most is
1: like, like a, it wasn't cool to write that stuff on the box. Yeah, you know, if if you were selling something on eBay, Matt bought it, whatever, that's just leave it at that. You know I mean, don't be a dick. don't write stuff on the box. As petty as that is, just don't do it. But on the flip side of that, I think it was pretty shitty of Matt to do what he did. Sure. Because of the reach he has. Yeah. And the fact that he knows that his fans are diehards. And well, look like, what look what happened. A shit ton of one-star reviews just because of this instance. Right. And it's like, that's
0: unnecessary.
1: And yeah. that's not necessarily like an eye for an eye. That's an eye for an effing head.
0: Yeah, exactly. You and, know? and again, it's just... But it's it's like if you get cut off in traffic, then you're pissed off and you want to cut someone else off. You know, it's right. like that shit rolls downhill thing. Right. And yeah, I just it's I th- not good. I, I think this might lead to everyone kind of coming together and being cool with each other. I hope so. Let's be honest. There's a lot of people that tag the major brothers and fully Posable in the same yeah. post. There's no reason. I mean, you don't have to be as best friends, but there's no yeah. reason why we can't try to coexist and it's the same hobby. You know? Just don't be dicks. Exactly. Don't it's be dicks. Pretty simple. And
1: I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't condone what those guys did, but. I think in the future
0: just if, if there's an issue, just be a man and talk to him. Don't put him on blast. I, absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah. And so I, I hope that at the end of the day, like not that like they have to you know, do a mega powers handshake, but we don't have to be enemies. Right. Because yeah. again, we collect toys. Yeah. They're they're geared for kids. It's not the coolest thing in the world. This the shit way.
1: ain't cool enough to be bragging about who's better. Mm hmm.
0: Just do your shit and move on. Absolutely. But definitely check out Fully Posable, for sure. Great guys, and um, I, I haven't listened to their if they've responded to this yet or not because I'm a little bit behind on that show. But I heard the Major Brothers also talked about it on their show. I haven't <laughs> heard that either, so I don't know. Yeah, I haven't listened. I've thought about downloading that particular episode just to see what they say. Yeah, it just it sucks, man. It really does. I just, I just hope it all kind of unravels soon.
1: You know, I think I think if um, if you know Major Bros would have had taken the opportunity to actually. Understand the situation, they probably would have handled it better, yeah. I think so too,
0: definitely. So, uh, fully posable, check that out. Check out Wreck My Podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew. Um, dude, I hope they review The Floor is Lava. And, I hope so, too. I hope Jordan's like, Let's do this, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I think that would be awesome. But yes, they, they do a new show all the time, great stuff, all, always talking about all kinds of different craziness. So, oh, yeah, I think they just did one on uh, what was it like, Encino Man or something? Was that right? No. That's. Not I feel it. like they have done, Encino man. That was something else I saw. What was the last one they did? I just I just saw it the other day, and I was like, oh, that's awesome! I need to listen.
1: I'll to be honest, one. I haven't opened my podcast app in about a month.
0: So yeah, <laughs> so I'm behind on everything. Oh, uh, looks like they're they're a little, They haven't put out a new episode in a little bit. But the last one they did was punk, hardcore, pop music trivia. Okay, which is they did biodome. That's what it was. Biodome. Biodome. That was back in June. That so. was
1: a uh, Brendan Fraser and, and what's his face? Wasn't it? Uh, Paul Poly- Poly- Shore. Shore. Yeah. yeah.
0: Biodome. Been a long time. Gosh dang. I remember seeing that box at the movie store. Yeah. Great stuff. Yep. So check out Wreck My Podcast. Check out the PPW Podcast. Uh, Steve was just on on our show last week, last couple of weeks actually. uh, Yeah. I think I'm going to be going on his show again here before too long. He's doing a lot of content creator stuff. So nice. Check out the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Really fun stuff there. Doing the favor with Eric and Barry. Great dudes. Awesome show. Yep. Uh, they like Bill Benes, which, I mean, I'm not a... I can't hold that against them, I guess, but... Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. But other than that, it's a great show. Great show. And I highly, highly recommend it. You, you will most likely be laughing your ass off the entire show. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt, trivia with buds with Ryan Buds putting on a new show every single day. The dude's a podcasting machine. Yes, and he's doing live shows still on uh, on uh, Facebook. Unfortunately, I think another lockdown might be happening, especially in California. Yeah, and so I don't know if he's going to be able to get to the live event trivia stuff anytime soon. So hopefully, um, he's still able to do those um, I mean, tr- those Facebook shows and such.
1: And that's like that's his main source of income, right? If I'm not mistaken. As far and, as I know, and you know. so I mean, make sure you're supporting him. You know, if you see him, throw him, you know, throw him some tips. Yes. If you see him on the Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you know, do, he's a do he's what you a can.
0: he's a hustler and he's an awesome, dude. And so, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, throw some throw some bones his way if you can. Uh, the Elite Eight showdown with old Big Chuck. Yes. That that guy. Let yeah. Me tell you. That 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 wild horse. <laughs> That wild stallion, <laughs> that wild stallion, <laughs> the one and only Big Chuck, aka Charlie Shaw. He's got to come on our show again very soon. Yeah, it's about that time. Now that he's, uh, you know, found these tournaments of just insanity, he's just big time podcaster now. He's too good to come on our show these days. Yeah, you know, it is what it is, yeah.
1: right? I can't say anything. I don't go on any shows. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Elite Eight showdown. Check it out; it's really fun. I just listened to their Tiger King episode today. Very nice, which is fun. Yeah, fun, fun show. Great dude, and uh, him and his co-host Tim just have a blast talking about all the, all the insanity that is Elite Eight Showdown. Absolutely, a uh, ringside rant with RJ. Man, check him out. He's doing all kinds of new shows. All kinds of great guests. Alexander Hammerstone, Jeff from Fully Posable. Dr. Tom Pritchard. I mm-hmm. mean, so many different guys, like NWA referees. I mean, just a. He ton did of, one with like a
1: baseball player like not too long ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, just tons of great guests. Yeah. So, yeah, check out Ringside Ran. RJ's doing an awesome guy. He's out there, he's hustling, and I Absolutely. I, I, I can appreciate the hustle. Uh, Leisure and Lariats with the ruthless Ryan Davidson, who is now completely rid of COVID 19. Hell yeah, cowboy. So, he kind of told me basically he really only felt bad for a day or two. Yeah. And um, this was just the recovery process. Well, it wasn't even that. Like he felt great, he just couldn't leave the house. Ah, and I think that might be the whole problem w- where the 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 scariness of COVID nineteen comes mm-hmm. in, because like most viruses, you do feel better in a day or two. Yeah, but you're still contagious. But and and this you're still contagious for like up to two weeks. Yeah, which is why he had to stay quarantined. But he's tested, he's negative of it, he's fine. So. He's back to living a, you know, somewhat normal life, which is great.
1: Yeah, well, I think with everybody, it probably affects everybody differently, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm glad that he was one of the ones that just, just a touch of it almost, you absolutely, know, and
0: able to recover quick. Absolutely, able to kick out and move on. Damn right. Uh, Jason Wolf at Jason WLF on Twitter. Our new shirt is out, man. Yes. Designed From Jason Wolf. Uh, what do you think? Maybe our best one.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, any any shirt where you show
0: Bill Venus getting blown up is a win for me. It's totally different than anything we've ever done, and you know me and you. I, I like the new GI Joe toy line, but me and you are not necessarily GI Joe fanatics. But I right. feel like this shirt worked. Yes, it yeah. was it was a good way to have a
1: Independence Day shirt without having an Independence Day shirt. Well,
0: because kind of like our horror design last year. Yeah, where it was uh, it was Halloween inspired, but wasn't like. Only Halloween.
1: Right. It's you like can a, you can wear that shirt anytime. It's of a year. scary, scary comic book. Yes.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And he Jason does an amazing does amazing work and just I was always killing it. He's been showing some SummerSlam portraits lately. He's done with Hasbro's. Nice. Which is kind of fun. Like classic SummerSlam main events like the Mega Powers and the Mega Bucks. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. So give him a follow at Jason WLF or at Art of Jason Wolf on Instagram. Uh grapple holding to be the man. Evil ain't good. You can find those on. Comixology, or uh, to me, the band, you can. Grapple Holds also available on Amazon. Uh, Our video game, Breaker and Bane's Power Pro Wrestling. It's a legit thing. It's for the NES. You can find it from Pack and Sack Dave. Just shoot him a message over on Facebook. Let him know you want it, and he'll make it happen for you. Absolutely. All of Bane's music. Stream it. All that good stuff. Spotify. Apple, wherever yeah. you stream your music,
1: it's it's you know it's all out there. It's just wherever you wherever you want to listen to it. I'm pretty sure if you even go to the jukebox, you can probably put it on over there. Really? I don't know. I've used the
0: jukebox in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the bars are all digital now, all the digital jukeboxes. So, fun fact about that: uh, Trevor Murdoch used to have a bar in Eldon yeah. called T Murdoch's. Okay. And he had a digital jukebox. Yeah. And uh, WWE Originals was on it. Amazing which had the Booker T song, Can You Dig It? Amazing. Me and my buddy Banzai may have played that on a loop for about 10 minutes straight one time. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, good God, can we play some Booker T? <laughs> uh, which we thought was uh, pretty funny.
1: But I legit, I, I think, I'm not positive, but I think you can find my stuff in those jukeboxes. Oh, really? Yeah. because That's, that's kind of fun. Because of where my music gets distributed to, I think whoever... Uses those jukeboxes, I think it gets distributed to them as well. If if
0: I'm ever in a place that I see one, I will actually, I would have never thought that. Yeah. But I will look for that and I will be playing some, uh, Martin Music. music. Yeah. (laughs) Without a doubt. That would be super cool. Hell yeah. Which, if I remember right, you like basically swipe a card. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's like $1.50 a play or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, back to the Nintendo and no holds barred with Bill Benis. I guess Bill Benis is back on sabbatical after his July 4th special.
1: Yeah, he's back at parts unknown, getting trained up, eating tacos. Yeah, yeah, which uh, he totally screwed with uh, Umberto's money. Well, I figured. You know, I mean, having him park right in front of the studio when we're not there. Yeah, way to go, Bill. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, that studio is kind of tucked. You've been there. It's tucked oh, yeah. away in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like he's not going to be making much money there, yeah. Bill. Well, Bill's just so full of crap. He'll probably just tell the guy whatever. Oh, yeah, you make tons of money. Come on in, 18 year veteran. Yeah. Whatever it is, he says. Not how he was, before he had a spot on a main street and it was like perfect, perfect for him, you know, for Umberto. Umberto's a great guy. Oh, I'm sure. And it's just, Bill just completely, and now I don't know if you've probably seen that street. I mean, it's, it's like just some burger
0: truck now. And it's like, come on, Bill. Yeah. Idiot. Ruin that. He's the worst. But i uh, tell you what's not the worst. Back to the Nintendo. We just dropped an episode on G.I. Joe, speaking of that. Amazing. So check that out. Episode 53. We're over a year old on that show, man. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash BBPH if you want to support us. Absolutely. You can do that. $3, $5, or even a dollar tier. If you do a three dollar or five dollar tier, you get uh, three dollars. You get one gift a year. Five dollars, you get two gifts a year. Yes. In fact, I believe all our five dollar patrons will be getting their summertime gift. Yeah, it will be a little late. I know July is usually the uh, goal, but um,
1: you know, just bear with us because I have seen a preview. Uh, yeah. And I really dig this one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's don't get don't get too excited. It's not like anything crazy, but it's uh, a
0: <laughs> it's a thousand dollars. No, yeah, it's
1: not no, it's not. Uh, but um, I, th- I think. I think for you guys, it'll be a nice little, uh, uh, a summer thing. If you're a, uh, if you're a, if you're an old time listener of the show, uh, Jack Gamble will
0: appreciate this. It's, it's like a cool cup. Yeah. Cool cup. It's cool cup. Yeah. See, I don't know anyone that's ever called it that. I don't either. If anyone, ever, <laughs> so if you don't know what that is, then you don't know what we're sending you. Right. And
1: that's why Jack that's, gamble knows. Yeah. That's why I went ahead and said it, but yeah, it's, uh. It's a Cool Cup. It's a Cool Cup.
0: Yeah, I remember that. I totally (laughs) forgot about that, but I do remember it.
1: I I only remembered it because uh, a memory posted up on Facebook, and it was that conversation about Cool Cups.
0: Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) of course, you can find all of our T-shirts at uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker, uh, BBPH.RedBubble.com, and now... Not only does Bane have a store, there is a Breaker and Bane's Power Hour store on whatamaneuver.net. Absolutely, there is. Where you can find our new G.I. Joe design. I must say, I'm going to throw this out there. I love working with Wadamaneuver. Yeah. Uh, you know, doing the favor, fully posable, ringside rant, Dobro, GBM. I mean, I'm missing people, but so many guys have shirt stores there. You yeah. have, You had one already. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't realize how awesome they are to deal with the fact that they promote it for us. Yeah, oh, I love that. I love dealing with these guys. Uh, great people. Um, you know, like told me like, hey, your shirts are gonna drop this day, and I'm like, wow, that's that's really cool. Yeah, and we've already had some sales, so I haven't even ordered one myself yet. Nice, but I will. Well, I'm moving. I was like, I don't want to move since you know. Right, you want to wait till you get your address. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I will be ordering one soon, but I think, like I said, I think this is our coolest design yet, man. It's super awesome. Yeah, I really dig it, and
1: uh, just just a a little little. You know, little uh, forward thinking here. I, when my new album comes out, I'm going to be having Jason Wolf do the design on that again. Ooh! So uh, be on the be on the lookout because I'll probably do a preview
0: of that before the album even drops. So, so you, you know what you're gonna do yet? I do. And now, real quick, you had mentioned something on Twitter about maybe doing seven songs as opposed to like the eleven or twelve. Yeah, I
1: mentioned that, and I, I'm I'm not dead set on that. I'm just I, I get to a point where like during and this happens every time I do the albums. That like I start doing the album and about halfway through the writing process, I'm like, I really only care for these songs. And mm-hmm. then it's like, and the, it really that's more frustration of the fact that I can't think of anything yet. Yeah. And and so I'm kind of at that point right now where it's like, I think I'd rather just drop these songs instead of trying to write something crappy. But then, just yesterday, one of those songs I was thinking about dropping I actually came up with a really cool idea for. And so I don't know. I, I it'll probably be more than seven
0: songs, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, that being said, if Jason Wolf does the artwork, is that going to be a future shirt, you think? Yeah. Very cool. It will be. You know
1: what you're going to do? Yeah.
0: Oh, nice. I'll I'll tell you when we get off the air. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's going to be sweet. Very cool. So check it out. All that good stuff. Um, Appreciate you guys checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Next week, Nate from Ring Skirts will be back. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. And we will see you guys in seven days. Peace, easy.
1: Yeah. One more time <laughs> It ain't over till I say it's over So like the cage up cause this is a takeover, the wait's over If this the final time we meet, then you'll be on your back on my feet Then I'll tip the cage over as hang hangover I'm super fly so I can splash off the top, and I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop, and I'm always gonna rise to the top was champ like the rock. I do not give a fox or let that shit drop. Man, I'm so
0: over. Double pistols. What you think?
1: It's good. It was really good. Pretty good.
0: That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. you son of a bitch.
2: Can't dig it? Sicko.
0: Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put it on the internet.